check, check, check. Check, 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 check. Mic check, check, check. Check, 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 check. Hey, Micah. Also, can I have some volume in mine, handheld? Yep, check, 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 yeah. I have power. ready to welcome some students in? Let's go. Let's go. All right. Come on in. Let's go. Let's go.
guys ready? Here's the deal. This is one of my favorite weekends of the year. Getting to sit and spend time. You guys can grab a seat because this is an awkward thing where some of you are looking at me and you're like, do I go back? Do I stay here? Uh, you can sit down. Here's the deal. This weekend is amazing to me for a number of reasons, not the least of which is because I get to sit and spend time and worship with all of you. It, it is one of my favorite things that I get to do. Uh, we, we are going to have a amazing weekend. We've got a lot of things planned for you guys. Uh, some of you guys may not be familiar with the group Bout 7, but you're going to be. Uh, they're going to be here later tonight, and uh, I'm excited for you to experience them. But right now, we're going to partake in something uh, that I'm very, very excited for because uh, one of my good friends that I have known for, I don't know, Peter, how long have I known you at this point? I don't even know where Peter is. He's right there. How long have we known each other? Almost 10 years. That's because I'm really old and uh, Peter won't admit it, but he is too. Uh, and here's the thing. Uh, Peter is an amazing leader in the city uh, and we are very, very, very happy to have him here tonight. Here's the thing, though, something you don't know about this man. By the way, there's a random, like, the smallest cord I've ever seen. I don't know who is connecting with this. Uh, here you go. Enjoy. Uh, something you don't know about this man right here. First of all, he's great. He's wonderful. But he also was involved in trying to save the world. So let's see that, and then uh, he'll come on up. Here? 
not least, North Star Loveland in Westchester, where are you guys at? Woo! Well, I'm glad you're excited to be here. I'm excited to be here. And what's so cool about Winter Weekend is we're all from different churches. I work at Rivers Crossing right down the street. But we're all here because we have one Savior. We're the body of Christ, and we're going to have some fun together. Does that sound good? Man, it's so good to be with you all. Now, a little bit about me. I, I'm married. I have three boys. I, um, I love video games. I play the drums. I ride my bike. I play Clash Royale with your pastor. Um, so I love that. I also love documentaries. Who here also loves documentaries? What about, like, what's the weirdest documentary somebody's seen recently? What are some weird ones? Any weird ones? Yeah, shout it out. What is it? Someone stole his toast? That's very violent. Uh, what else? Any other um, any other weird documentaries that you guys have watched lately? I need some help. I like any recommendations. Jeffrey Dahmer, that is definitely not one I would recommend. But hey, yeah, what you got? World War II documentary. All right, thank you. Netflix, Hulu, we'll find it. Somewhere on there. So... If you're like me and you like documentaries, back, this is kind of going back in time a little bit, but there was this really weird documentary about 10 years ago, and it was called Supersize Me. Have you guys heard of this? It's called Supersize Me, and the whole idea of the documentary is what would happen if we ate McDonald's three meals a day for 30 days straight? I'm sure you can't imagine what would happen was such an experiment in documentary. I just want to show you about 60 seconds of kind of near the end of this documentary. It's a little bit old, but you got to watch this and check this out. Check out this about 60 second clip from the documentary of Super Size Me. Too much sidearm stuff. 
little too much sidearm. <laughs> now, you know, McDonald's tastes so good. I actually had a little bit before I came here. But did you catch what happened in, a, in a, just a few 30 days of eating it three times a day? Are you surprised that he gained 24 pounds? Uh, his liver turned to fat, apparently. I didn't know that was possible. But it's a shocker, right, that his body was beginning to move in the wrong direction after eating McDonald's three, day, three times a day for 30 days. No surprises there, right? Don't eat McDonald's that many times. Just enjoy that little burger. Now, I share that with you because I want you to, for a minute, as we kick off winter weekend tonight, I want us to take a look at our own lives because that's often what church is. Church is a time where we come, we worship together, we encourage each other, but we also want God to examine our lives, right? So I want to ask you, have you ever thought about the fact, maybe you have, maybe you haven't, maybe you consciously thought about it, maybe not, but have you ever thought about the fact that you make choices that affect your spiritual health? You make choices that affect your life. If, you, if you've given your life to Jesus, that's amazing. You've been baptized, that's incredible. You're connected here, you're serving, you're doing things, you're at Winter Weekend, that's amazing. But now God doesn't make choices for you. God's not going to do for you what you can do for yourself. So there's some choices that we have to make. And my question for us tonight as we get started starts with this verse, and this is a life-changing verse for me, and I hope it is for you too. Maybe you've heard it, maybe you haven't. Open your Bibles, open your apps to Galatians chapter 6. This is when you highlight, you study it, you memorize it, you don't let it ever leave your mind. Galatians 6 verse 7 says, A man reaps what he sows. Whoever sows to please their flesh, from the flesh they will reap destruction. That's a pretty big word. I don't know about you, but I don't really want destruction in my life. Whoever sows to please the Spirit, from the Spirit will reap eternal life. Oh, that sounds much better, doesn't it? Destruction, eternal life. Those are some big words, God. What is God trying to make us aware of? You see, back then they understood exactly what the Apostle Paul was writing because they were farmers. How many farmers up here in the room today? Not, not as many. Maybe you take care of, you know, a plant at home. Probably not. I don't. I don't like landscaping. I don't like mowing my own lawn. I don't like any of that stuff. But they understood that when you plant something and you take care of it, then good things could come from that. They understood that. For us, it's a little bit different. Um, but I want to I I get you thinking tonight, what does it look like for you to reap what you sow? And Grandma kind of said it best. Because we're talking spiritually, we're talking, we're talking about our lives, we're looking at ourselves. Grandma said it best. She said, garbage in, garbage out. Maybe you've heard that before, maybe not. But I want us to ask ourselves an honest question tonight. What are we choosing to choice to fill our minds with? What are we choosing to fill our heart with? What are we choosing to fill our soul with? What are we choosing to fill our thoughts with? Is looking. You guys up for a challenge tonight? You guys okay if I kind of pull up in your house for a minute? Knock, knock. All right, I'm coming in. You know, we live in a, we live in a great a great time. There's so many cool things, and we have this little thing in our pocket, and it's a really cool little device. It's helpful. It does a lot of things. But 
you know, have we ever thought about how the things we consume digitally, how does that affect our real life? Because, you know, McDonald's is great. We don't think about it. You guys are young. I remember when I was your age, I ate at McDonald's every single day, and it didn't, you know, every single week, several times a week, it didn't really matter. You guys are young. You have a metabolism of a tank. You guys can handle it. But over time, like we saw in the video, it actually does damage to the body. So have you ever thought about Instagram, Twitter, Snapchat, TikTok? Have you ever thought about how if we're not careful, what we're consuming is impacting us in a way? And I, lo I love memes. I love funny videos. That's all I use Instagram for is to send memes of either idiots falling or cats. I like cats. Um, I like all those things. So I use social media. It's great. It's awesome. But I have to be careful. So my question for you, my young friend, is have you realized that before long, if we're not careful, we can start consuming things digitally that God's probably worried about us watching when no one else is looking? And, you know, over time, those things can slowly make us sick spiritually and unwell and unhealthy spiritually. Now, I stand before you today as, again, someone who loves social media and uses it, and I'm not perfect. I've definitely made my share of mistakes. I'm an ordinary person just like you. But God's shown me some important ways to be careful so that I can grow in my faith and not consume things that are going to be detrimental to my faith. And that's what I want to share with you today. So if you've ever spiritually blocked, just like, uh, you know, I'm here, I'm excited, but I just spiritually deep down, I'm just like, uh. or maybe you're like, ah, I want to grow, but I'm kind of stuck. I don't know where you're at. Or maybe you, you don't feel much spiritually. You're kind of feeling numb. If that's you, you're in the right place and you're not alone because God wants to have a breakthrough this weekend. And I trust that he's going to. So how do we reap spiritually healthy stuff? How do we consume spiritually good stuff. How do we do that? Well, congratulations, you're here at Winter Weekend, so you're doing great. You're here, you're, you're, you're getting filled with the Spirit, with each other, with community. You're worshiping God together. We're opening God's Word. We're reading it together. Congratulations. You guys are doing amazing. This is awesome. You're filling yourself with good things. You're sowing into your soul. You're sowing into your spirit. Going to church, which I'm sure you do on the weekend or midweek. That's a huge part of it. Being involved in a group, that's a huge part of it. Serving, helping out your youth pastor or your children's department or your worship department. That's a way that you can sow and, and you're filling yourself with spiritually good things. And there's one that, if you've grown up in church, you know what it is. But I want to spend some time on it tonight because it's a spiritual discipline that is probably one of the most important sources of healthy spiritual food. And that is the Bible. Reading the Bible. Shocker, right? Don't you just wish osmosis would work? You could just set it here and you just... Uh, we worship you, God. Just soak in. Um, I, you know, it, I want to know you more, God. This Bible's amazing. I had uh, three boys, like I told you. When one of them was two years old, I turned my back and he grabbed one of my Bibles and like tore a page out and was eating it. I was like, okay, that's good. Yeah, I'm kind of proud of you, son, in a weird way. It's God's word, but really that's not the best way to go about it. So uh, stop choke. But if I were to ask you tonight, honest question, is reading the Bible easy or hard? How would you answer? 
hard? Raise your hand. Easy, raise your hand. Yeah, it's good. Majority, majority, we would agree it's kind of hard. So, I'm going to tell you three things tonight. And if you believe these three things, I can promise you, you'll never read your Bible. If you believe these three things that I want to tell you, you believe them, you act on them, I can promise you this book will never get read. It'll collect dust. It'll be a nice little cup holder. It'll be a nice little decoration in your room or under your bed or on a coffee table. So three ways how to not read your Bible. Are you ready? The first one is this. If you believe this, the Bible is too intimidating. The Bible is too intimidating. I mean, it's a big book. Let's be honest. It's sit down, <laughs> read while you're going to the bathroom kind of book. You know what I mean? You know what I'm talking about? It's quite, not quite that. There's lots of different languages. There's Hebrew, there's Greek, there's, there's letters written from different centuries. It's confusing, right? Well, but, you know, hang on a second. I mean, learning Spanish is confusing. Can I get an amen in the house today? Uh, chemistry, that's confusing. Um, come on now. So, you know, see, the Bible's not that bad, all right? But I, you know what? I think I know why we're intimidated by this book. I think I know why. It's because we, we really want to read it. We're inspired to. We know God wants us to. But we want quick and easy, instant results. You know what I'm saying? Like we want to read this and we just want our life to be instantly changed. Sometimes that could happen, maybe. I mean, I believe it can. But I want us to think about that for a second because... I think rather than expect that, I, I want to encourage you today, don't expect to master this book overnight or, you know, over a month, over a year. Don't expect that. Don't expect that. Rather expect to be puzzled along the way. It's not always clear what's going on or who's talking to who or what's being said. And guess what? Good news. Great men of God feel the same way. The Apostle Peter said there were some things that were hard to understand. Thank you, Thank you, Peter. I appreciate that. That encourages me. Uh, I can continue on now because I'm confused too sometimes. So don't always expect to get an emotional buzz or feel something like the overwhelming peace of God every time you open this. Now, of course, we want to experience that, and we will experience that. We have to have a, a realistic understanding. So let the, God, let the word of God break over your heart and over your mind regular basis, for days, for weeks, for months, for years. Continue to take this in. That's the spiritual discipline. And over time, you'll realize just how small we are and how big and how great God is and how he has a plan for your life, even in junior high and high school. He has a purpose for you, regardless of your past, regardless of what happened last weekend. He has a plan for you. So take God's word in all the days of your life slowly be intimidated by this, okay? Second one is this. Second way how not to read your Bible. The Bible is boring. The Bible's boring. Um, can I do a little exercise with you guys? Okay, girls, I have a question for you. If John Beanie were to walk into this room from that door right now, what is one word that might describe... Your feelings that rise up inside of you. So excited? Maybe there's not even words. 
Maybe there's not even words. You'd be speechless. Breath is taken away. John B. is here. OMG. What about this? Yeah, JJ, I know. Yeah, JJ's cool too. Now, what about this? What if John B., girls, wrote you a letter with your name written on it? What would you do? What would you do? What would you do with it? What was that? I would hang it up on my wall and make it up. Hang it up on my wall. Frame it. Laminate it. All right, guys. What if Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase walked in the room right now? Girls, too. Hey, now, simmer down in the front row here, okay? Security, we got to take care of this. What if Jamar Chase and Joe Burrow wrote you guys a letter? Or girls, too, all right? Joe Burrow's still single, as far as I know. So, you know, you guys, you have years ahead of you, okay? So don't even think about it. Now, you see, I think you, there's some emotion felt when we kind of bring this to life. But my question for us is, how come this doesn't always translate to this book, knowing that the creator of the universe wrote you and me a letter and wants to have a relationship with us? He wants to know you. And you want to know him. So can you see how understanding that feeling of reverence, of amazing, of fear, honestly, if John B. or Joe Burrow walks in the room, we're kind of scared. Like, you know what I'm talking about? Like, uh, we freeze. That, there's, that word is in the Bible when you hear fearing God. It's not like being scared like in a bad way. It's being overwhelmed with awe, reverence. So how could this book be born? Yeah, I understand. There's some confusing parts, okay? Yeah, I get it. There's some parts I don't understand. Some parts that are a little slow, book of Numbers, potentially. But this book surely can't be boring. Maybe we just need to understand the context a little better. Maybe we need to ask our youth pastor or our group leader, hey, what's, who's this letter being written to? What is God trying to teach us? What is God trying to say? But this book can surely not be boring, amen? This can't be. It's a letter, personal letter written to you by the creator of the universe who designed you in his image and has a plan for your life. So may we never look at this and think, oh, this is boring. No, we have to think about who it's from and what the purpose and intent of it is. So that's the second way to make sure you never read your Bible is think it's boring. Sometimes I love this question. And I... I this question to myself sometimes. How often should we read the Bible? Fair question, would you say? Well, let me ask you this. I asked you the question. Read the question. Don't you love that? It's the worst. How often do we face trials? How often do we face problems? How often do we face temptation? How often do we face pressure? How often do we need to seek God's presence? How often do we need to hear God's voice? How often do we need to feel his touch? How often do we need God's power through faith instead of fear? You guys know the answer every week. So we're not, we're not trying to, you know, check it off. 
I'm not trying to check a box. We're trying to just keep this as a regular part of our lives just because we need it. We need it. All right, the third way to make sure you never read your Bible is this. Believe this. I'll never hear God's voice. Oh, I mean, he's just, I don't know, he's just, he talks to other people. That's what they believe. He doesn't talk to me. I will never hear his voice. Now, you guys would all agree that reading the Bible and hearing God's voice, there's it's kind of a difference there. Would you agree? There's a, yeah, there's a little bit of difference there. Um, I want to help you. I want to help you solve that if you have felt that way. I know I've felt that way at times in my life too. And it's a little quiz. And there's two questions. You know, are you, the first question is, are you reading this on a regular basis? I'd say it's seven days a week. It's great if you can. You can buy it. It's awesome. But on a regular basis, that's question one. But here's the key. Question two is, are you doing what it says? That's a really important part. James 1.22 says this, but don't just listen to God's word. You must do what it says. Otherwise, you're just fooling yourself. Now, I told you I was, uh, I told you I was a gamer. This is the greatest game of all time on Nintendo. Can I get an amen in the house tonight? Mario Kart is a close second. Mario Party is a close third. Now, um, I was in college, and, and, and the game came out. And I remember, I remember waiting at the mall. Um, I was in college, so, you know, I could, I could go to the mall late at night. Waiting in line, getting my hands on it. And you can imagine how I felt going back, going back to my room. What do you think I did? I played it all night and slept all through my classes the next day, of course. But you see, there's, there's, there's something about this that is, is similar to, uh, to God's word because this game doesn't come alive unless you open it up, take out the cartridge, and put it into the switch. It was an older version of Smash in case you were wondering. Okay, it was on the switch, all right? Now, you see, the game the game doesn't actually do anything just sitting here. It has to be plugged into the switch where it comes alive. Do you understand that God's word is the same way? It doesn't do anything unless you plug it into your life, and all of a sudden God's calling for your life, God's truth for your life, God's protection for your life starts activating. But if we don't do anything with God's word, then... It's just like this game sitting here, just like that, not in the switch. So if we want to hear God's voice, we read what the Word of God says, and then we do what God says. And along the way, it leads to repentance. We start Our heart starts breaking for how God's heart breaks, because we understand God's heart. So then our heart goes like, oh man, then it breaks your heart, God. So oh, it breaks mine too. We start learning that, oh man, I have to forgive somebody who really lied behind my back and stabbed me in the back. Oh man, I shouldn't gossip, God. That's, you know, your word says to build others up. Oh, treat people better than myself? Why do you have to say that, God? I like myself. I like myself a lot. I have to treat other people better than that? So there you have it. 
intimidating, I believe that it's boring, and I believe that you'll never hear God's voice. With that said, three ways not to read your Bible, I want to leave you with one final secret that's not a secret of how you can really take God's word and you can really hear God's voice. And it, it's this little secret that's not a secret. It comes from the Old Testament. There's this Old Testament prophet, Elijah, who is, he's running for his life at the moment. I don't know how stressed you are, but I can imagine that's pretty stressful, running for your life. Um, he's stressed. He's totally depressed. Uh, he doesn't even know if he wants to continue on with his life. He needs direction from God, and God's like, hey, uh, Elijah, I'm going to be up in that mountain, so why don't you just meet me up there? He's like, okay, cool, God. Uh, <laughs> I'll go up the mountain, and I'll meet you there. 1 Kings 19 says this. Then the Lord said, go out and stand on the mountain in the presence of the Lord, for the Lord is about to pass by. That's pretty cool. Can you imagine? Hey, I'm going to show up, go chill over there, and I'm going to pass by. Wow, that's like God coming into this room. It's just overwhelming and crazy, isn't it? Then a great and powerful wind tore the mountains apart. Hello. And shattered rocks before the Lord. But the Lord was not in that wind. After the wind, there was an earthquake. That's scary. But the Lord was not in the earthquake. How do you think he's feeling at this point? Mountains getting tore up. Earthquakes happening. Uh, freaking out a little bit. 1 Kings 9.12 says, After the earthquake came a fire, but the Lord was not in the fire. And after the fire came a gentle whisper. Now there's been there's been much discussion with theologians and pastors and Christians about what is this still in some translation a still small voice or a gentle whisper of God. What does this mean? Some people think the Hebrew word is meaning that God's voice is not an audible sound. You know, one like you something you can hear. Some of the translators even translated this verse to say that God's voice was the sound of sheer silence. So what I love about this, and what I want to encourage you with, God wasn't in the wind. God wasn't in the earthquake. God wasn't in the fire. God was in the sheer silence.
righteousness.
just getting started.